that, that would be interesting a live drunk show <laughs> we represent <laughs> what? <laughs> we could turn into the lollipop guild and we drink we could and you're divulging all our secrets Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology with our hosts, Steve Barkley, Rob and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter. And welcome, everybody, to yet another episode of AT Banter. See, man, I'm getting good at these these intros. You, you really are. Yeah. It's getting pretty silky. I, I feel like I'd, I'd, the game show host may not be too far from in my future. Yeah, it, it could happen. Welcome got, to Wheel of Fortune. He's got the receding hairline going. The only, hey. the only problem is you forgot to mention who you were. Yeah, he doesn't know who he is. I don't. Like, last last episode, we screwed up our name. I re, incidentally, I listened to those and edited those. You did screw up your name. Steve Barkle. I screwed up my name, and you right after screwed up your name. <laughs> I still get a chuckle out of that. It's that true. Funny. We did. Well. But in any case, I am Rob Minowen today. I'm joined by Ryan Fleury. Hello. And Steve Barkley. That's Barkle to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, some things we get right. Occasionally we do our, get our own names right. Sometimes. Sometimes. So today uh, is a pretty special episode. We have a very special guest coming up uh, in a little bit. You guys excited? I'm, I'm thrilled to bits. Yeah, I'm excited. She's quite funny, humorous. Humorous is funny. So, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> try, try saying that same what? thing with a smile. What the f- like, yes, I'm. I'm very excited about our guest. She's yeah, very she's, humorous. She's, she's super funny. Oh, we're off the rails again. Yeah, there we go. It didn't take long. No. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we should we do that again? <laughs> we'll never reproduce that. I don't know. Oh, no. like, we got to leave that in. Absolutely. Calling me a <laughs> trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no more beer for me. Uh, All right. Not for breakfast. It's Wednesday. That's right. Hump day. Yes. So, yes, we are all very excited, clearly, um, of our special. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh. (laughs) Ryan has lost it. All right. Let's try this. Oh my! It's like those old Carol Burnett shows. Remember how Tim Conway oh, yeah. used to lose it? Yeah. And just could not get him back. Keep it together. <laughs> kind of like okay, your mic's off now. All right. Okay, get we're good. Yeah, we're yeah, good. Get closer, you mic. Yeah, okay. we're good. All right. Uh, yeah. So that's coming up later. We've got our special guest. Um, first, a uh, couple announcements. We really need to say aloha to somebody. Aloha. Aloha. Aloha to Anne in Hawaii. We have we a got, listener in Hawaii. We did. We got, we got a lovely email from her. Yes. Thanks, thanks for writing in, Anne. 
Yeah, absolutely. We asked for email and somebody obliged. Exactly. That's fantastic. And you know what? I, th I think it's not easy to email us because we keep screwing up our email and we uh, <laughs> actually say it on the uh, podcast. Yeah, that could be why. Do you guys even know what the email address is? I believe it's atbanter at gmail.com. No, no, you're wrong. Oh, no. oh my gosh. Wow. I, Rob, I, should, you know? I should really not be the guy saying it. <laughs> no, I, well, I think I can get it right this time. It's atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. Right. Excellent. Why, why so long? Why not just atbanter at gmail.com? I think because it was taken. taken. Really? Yeah. Somebody's got atbanter? I know. Weird, right? It's yeah. always weird when, you know, you figure you've got a really super unique username and somebody's got it. Next thing you know, somebody's got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I've been gaming for a uh, long time uh, under the uh, pseudonym Shag the Fabulous. And uh, uh, I actually had to... Uh, I don't remember what game it was, but I had to use something else because Shag the Fabulous. Taken. Somebody, somebody had taken Shag the Fabulous wow. ahead of me. We just have too many people on the planet. Apparently. Terrible. Um, <clears throat> no, I'm just I'm still getting over this cold. This the cough just it just it takes forever to get rid of. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit before we bring on our special guest. Let's talk a little bit about uh, a couple couple follow-up uh, news stories about our good friend Windows 10. Yeah, yeah. In a previous uh, episode, we talked about uh, the annoyance of Windows 10 going and updating itself. Uh, you know, you one day you're sitting there with Windows 7 or Windows 8. Next thing you know, you turn on your computer. Ta-da! Hey, Windows 10. I didn't want that. Now half my software doesn't work. <laughs> so um, there's been some developments in, uh, in that. Um, first no. off, uh, we've got a story here. Uh, which, uh, where, where was this published of? Seattle, wasn't it? Thanks. Seattle Times, yeah. Seattle Times called uh, Microsoft Draws Flack for Pushing Windows 10 on PC Users. And uh, it talks about a lawsuit uh, that, uh, that happened in, uh, uh, in the U.S. And uh, uh, Microsoft uh, got dinged uh, $10,000 uh, for this automatic update. And... Uh, uh, the impact that it had on uh, someone's business. Right. Well, this woman, I guess she, uh, I guess she, it was a laptop, I think, that she, that, that it got pushed to and it basically became unusable. Yeah. She ran a travel agency business. Uh, and uh, after the uh, Windows 10 upgrade went in, uh, the computer would keep crashing all the time and uh, uh, be basically be unusable for, for days at a time. So it had a, uh, a serious impact on, on her business. And uh, a court apparently agreed that uh, Microsoft was uh, in the wrong and uh, they, uh, they had to pay damages. It kind of surprises me. It seems like that's a really fast litigation. Um, what surprises me is that was she not aware that she was able to roll back within the 30 days of it installing itself? Yeah, and, and she did try and go back to uh, Windows 10 or back to Windows 7, which she was using previously. But uh, when she went to do it, it was past the 31-day uh, uh, period for rolling back, and she wasn't able to anymore. Right. Well, and it sounds like Microsoft has even dropped the appeal. They were going to appeal this thing, but they they just haven't bothered and just went out and, and dished out the ten grand. Yeah, to be honest, I'm I'm kind of surprised that a company the size of Microsoft, with all the uh, uh, lawyers behind them, would uh, um, would uh, lose this. Um, 
you know, you, you often you often see cases where you know a, a company is willing to uh, throw a lot of money at lawyers before they're willing to admit fault. Absolutely. Um, but in this case, I think they're doing the right thing. You know, they uh, they they paid the piper and uh, and now they've uh, they've gone and they've made some changes. Well, I find it interesting too that this lawsuit didn't happen sooner because. This has been going on for months and months. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm surprised too. And I'm surprised that it really does set a bit of a dangerous precedent for, for Microsoft, I think, because I think there are probably users out there that have been impacted far more than this woman. Um, you know, I can think of our clients, um, some of our clients, for example, right? Somebody who's using some some AT software that, like JAWS, that that's not going to play with, with Windows 10 at all, and Windows 10 just upgrades, um, they're... They've basically got a, a computer that's a paperweight. Well, I mean, they, they would have to, um, in, in that case, if they knew how, they would have to activate Narrator and then go back and do the, the rollback um, to get back to the previous version of Windows. Um, if they didn't know how to do that, though, um, they'd probably have to hire somebody absolutely to uh, to do that for them. And, uh, yeah, it, it makes you wonder if, if the door isn't open for class action. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. In this instance, so what, so what have they changed then? Well, uh, uh, they've now announced uh, as of uh, the 29th of June, uh, I believe, uh, that um, if you click the big red X to close its uh, its message about your Windows 10 upgrade is ready, uh, it will not do the upgrade really so they've they've changed the big x to make it do what it's supposed to do well, all no. along wow how nice of them yeah i think though doesn't it give you options now it doesn't actually just close it it actually gives you three options where you can delay it or not do it at all yeah it gives you three options it gives you uh the option of upgrade now uh choose a time or decline the free offer um, and if the red X is selected on this new dialogue, it will dismiss the dialogue box and it will notify the device again in a few days. But it won't go and automatically do the, uh, do the upgrade. So I wonder if you, let's say, hit Alt F4 to close that window, is that dialogue going to get read to you using a screen reader? I would think so. I mean, it's an op it's a it's an operating system dialog box, so I don't see why it wouldn't. Okay, but I mean, it's something. It's still ridiculous because it's still something you have to opt out of every yeah. few days, because <clears throat> it says right there that you know it'll it'll serve it up again in two days. Right, and this is probably a good time to mention uh, that software uh, that uh, you've been recommending, Ryan. Yeah, Gibson Research uh, has a free app you can download, install, and run called Never Ten. And basically, once you run it, all it basically does is gives you a button where you can disable the Windows 10 from ever updating. And if you do choose to get it, you can hit the enable button and it'll enable it again. And it's very, very slick. It's free. And uh, we can have a link in the show notes. Really? I'm, I'm surprised that Microsoft hasn't cracked down on that because that's... No, I've used it on a couple different computers, my own and clients. Really? Yeah. Well, I think Microsoft knows what they're doing is wrong. Making a Windows 10 update part of the recommended Windows updates, that, that's wrong. You know, and I'm sure they know that. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, it can be recommended, but it shouldn't be forced. Right. Anyways, nice Microsoft. Thanks for coming around. <laughs> you know, it's I, I love in this article how they, they describe the Microsoft, they, the Redmond spreadsheet maker. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's what they're best known for. Yeah, yeah. That's. uh, I think they might have grown a little beyond uh, just a spreadsheet maker. I think so. Yeah, just just a tad. A little bigger than that now. All right. Well, should we should we get on with our special guest? Uh, I I, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, until this coffee goes in, I'm incapable of speech. Yes, let's get on with our special guest. Ryan, you want to uh, you want to introduce Alexis? Oh, I just blew sure. it. I just I just gave away our special oh, guest. I so you might as well continue on. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. You go on. All right. This is a professional recording. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, I would like to welcome our special guest for today, who I saw had done a feature on AMI. And what's AMI, Ryan? AMI is the Accessible Media Channel. I don't know what the I stands for. Do you? Incorporated. AMI Incorporated. I see. Thank you for that. You're welcome. (laughs) Hey, that sounds a lot like our special guest. Maybe we should say who she is. Our special guest today is Alexis Hilliard from (laughs) Stump Kitchen. Yay. Yay. And what is Stump Kitchen, Ryan? Well, why don't we let our special guest tell us what Stump Kitchen is? Sweet. Okay. Hello. Um, Stump Kitchen is my YouTube show. Yeah. And it's all about cooking with one hand, uh, vegan and gluten-free, delicious recipes. That's right. So just to give you a little bit of background. So Ryan Ryan turned us on to, to your channel. He um, how you, So you, you saw it through the, through the AMI feature on YouTube? Right? Yeah. On, yeah, I was searching the internet for something and I saw that AMI had done a feature on Alexis. And when I watched an episode or two, I decided we need to get needed to get her on the podcast. Yeah, I think it was the chicken wings episode that did it for Ryan. I know he ran around the office That's just right. telling us all, oh, you have to, you have to watch this. You have to watch this. We need, we need to get this person for a podcast. Well, her attitude, her attitude, her personality was just amazing. So I thought, yeah, you know, we need to get her on the show and be a fun show. So just to just to, well, to give give the people out there on the internet uh, an idea of uh, Alexis's show, uh, we'll just play a little bit of a, a short clip that we put together, uh, just to give you an idea. Some kitchen, some kitchen, kitchen we're gonna make chicken wings step one get a good knife but not too good you don't want to cut off a lamb now it's time for the saucy sauce sauce half a cup of flour blend boom chicken wing technique again just nestle it in and give it a shake with your stump I really like garlic powder so I, I put in a little extra and then two tablespoons of melted coconut oil. Here's your tablespoon and use your stump to just get it out of there. Just like so. Pepper grinders. Oh, love-hate relationship with pepper grinders, eh? Stick it in the crook of your stump if you have one. And then twist. Try with your foot. Working. You know, Stump Kitchen, there's no limits to what you can do with imagination. <laughs> you, Pepper Grinder. Okay! Yeah, it's amazing what a theme song and some sweet thumbnails can do for your image. It, it's true, and that is a good theme song. Tell me, actually, can you give us any insight on that, on that theme song? Sure can. So, I was coming home from work, I, taking the LRT, and I came outside and was walking home. 
and was thinking so much about starting the show and was getting really excited. And it literally just came to me. And I had my phone with me and I started singing it over and over again. And I pressed record on my phone and I recorded it. And then I sent the rough cut of that to my friend Tyson, who I sing with in choir. He's a a jazz musician and he arranged it um, to the version that you hear on the show. Wow, that's amazing. So you, you basically have mass transit to thank for it. (laughs) <laughs> I sure do. Yeah, I have our LRT system to thank for that that jam. <laughs> well, the SkyTrain in Vancouver has done me no like favors, so. <laughs> Maybe you get a chance. Take a ride and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay. Uh, so, Alexis, tell us a little bit about yourself. Great. Yeah, I live in Edmonton. And, yep, born and raised. Um, I work at the library, and I'm a singer. I sing in choir, and I love to cook. Yeah, that's me. Uh, Sorry, so that's the public library that you work at, or which which library? I do, yeah. It's a pretty fantastic library, Mm -hmm. Edmonton Public Library. I believe you actually have some of our assistive technology in that library. Probably, yeah. I'm at the library with, uh, we have the makerspace um and actually the makerspace is where i learned how to film and create stump kitchen which is kind of cool um what what is your makerspace habit that library it's got a th- couple of 3d printers it has a bookmaker it has two sound recording booths and i'm actually in one of them right now um it has lots of computers with a bunch of programs and suites for editing and making and creating and it has a green screen pretty awesome how long have you worked at the library almost a year so um i guess there's no spoilers here uh you have uh a very very tiny hand i sure do (laughs) (laughs) the way i like to describe it is that i actually only have one hand but i guess that's kind of a lie (laughs) i guess i do have two hands one's just really small but I have a stump. I have one end. Yeah. And what what sort of challenges does that present you? Uh, actually, none. <laughs> um, I've never really experienced challenges in the, in the the way that we would maybe assume. Um, it's actually a thing that I love so so much about myself, and um, particularly for like icebreaker conversations for party tricks is really fun Uh, (laughs) i just love it It, you can wash dishes easier by like sticking your stump inside the hard to reach places like i i think mostly the challenges people might assume i have are incredible opportunities and incredible advantages i just i love it so much yeah that's a good point you could you could wash mugs way easier so fast, so better. I would love to have a dishwashing challenge with any two-handed <laughs> I think you're, I would win. Ne- in fact, I've next done a time, lot of, uh, Edmonton, you're challenge. on. <laughs> <laughs> what? Next yeah. time I'm in Edmonton, that's we'll we'll do that. Okay, that sounds stump, great. Stump kitchen dishwashing challenge. The gauntlet has been dropped. <laughs> done. Let's do it. Um, yeah, I, I uh, was actually watching your. Um, 
uh, guacamole episode this morning, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. I uh, I got quite a chuckle out of you uh, using your stump as a uh, lime juicer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's a pretty awesome kitchen technique. Um, yeah, I get to use my body in some pretty amazing ways. You save money on like I don't have to buy a juicer for citrus, which is awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty rad. So, have you ever had a prosthetic? Yeah, I've had tons. I since I was like 18 months old or younger, I had a bunch of different kinds. Um, <laughs> but my mom tells this funny story that she would put on my prosthetic. It was like a little mini hook. Um, she would put it on me, and I would just sit there. Just like like when you put clothing on a pet or like a cat, like a t-shirt on a cat, they just sit there like a lump. <laughs> I uh, I didn't really like it too too much. Um, but then growing up, I had a really sweet myoelectric arm, which could open and close using my muscles and, and little electrodes. Um, and that was pretty sweet. Like I, you know, tried it out. But uh, <laughs> one birthday party when I was maybe 10 or 11, we went to Chuck E. Cheese and we were playing in the ball pit. Super fun. And I had my arm on. I got really sweaty and sticky and hot. And eventually my arm got so sweaty that I, um, it pretty much kind of slipped off um, and it got lost in the ball pit. And all I really remember from that day is, uh, you know, all the kids being dragged out of the ball pit and my angry dad going into the ball pit and just searching for this <laughs> fake arm. Like, where is this? Blah, blah, blah. And then um, this image of him, like passing it to my mom through the, through the mesh and her putting it in her purse. This is pretty funny. Um, all that to say is, yeah, I tried prosthetics. I think that they're, super awesome um, but for me personally uh, they didn't really um, uh, assist or enhance my uh, my life and they it kind of ended up getting in the way a little bit um, so I stopped using them at the end of elementary school um, but I still keep the old ones for you know just for fun just to look at sometimes because <laughs> they were a cool part of my life and so t- uh, tell us what prompted you to actually start up the YouTube channel yeah, good question. So I've got a pretty interesting diet. Um, I was diagnosed with a moderate gluten intolerance about four or five years ago. So I had to take out all the gluten. Um, and then about a year ago, I switched from being a vegetarian to a full vegan. So eating no animal products whatsoever, no cheese, no dairy, no nothing. And um, I really wanted to be able to take good care of myself. So I had to get into cooking and like figuring out what recipes I could make at home because um, I'm a big fan of bringing my lunch to work and cooking for myself. So that really, it was my dietary changes that, that spurred my cooking passion. Um, and I thought initially it would be super hard. I was like, oh, what am I going to eat? I don't know. But uh, it was incredibly easy and incredibly fun. Um, and so the channel came out of wanting to show and teach folks that a vegan gluten-free diet is actually relatively accessible and fun and not super confusing if you know what recipes to use. Yeah. What are are some of the different techniques you use in the kitchen to make your recipes? Well, good question. Um, Looking through the episodes, you know, I use a lot of techniques that are kind of adapted to, um, to my body, which is a body that um, has one hand versus uh, two. Um, so I, I hold a lot of things closer to my body. Um, 
and in turn, I do a lot of spilling. So you'll notice in the uh, uh, waffle episode, I talk about uh, wearing clothing that uh, you don't mind getting really dirty (laughs) because I find personally I get really dirty doing anything. I don't think that's actually because I have one hand. I mean, maybe it plays a part, but I think it's just generally I'm a pretty messy person and I like that. (laughs) Uh, But there's like the juicing technique. I use my stump as a juicer. Um, I use it as a spatula or bowl scraper. Um, I find it's really easy to get into the corners of a bowl to really get all this, the good stuff out. Um, I use it as uh, a lemon or lime. Uh, like I roll it on the table to get the juice ready to go. Um, it works really well as a sushi roller. Um, yeah, there's, there's tons of techniques. It's great. It doesn't, I, I'd say (laughs) some of my kitchen enemies are pepper grinders. (laughs) Yeah. So you can check out episode two to just look at my relationship with pepper grinders. Um, however, I love a good challenge. So I, uh, with pepper grinders, I just kind of find a way to make it work. Um, sometimes I'll use my feet to kind of prop it up and, and, and make it work. Um, there's also a lot of different tools you can use, like a, a really good friend of mine that I sing with in choir. She came to rehearsal one day um, and she gave me a thumb powered pepper grinder for one hand. Ah. And I was like, oh, this is the best. You just push it with your thumb and it grinds the pepper for you. So that was a really nice treat. Nice. Well, there yeah. goes my Christmas gift idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. And, and just as a follow-up, like, do you have you ever used any sort of adaptive um, equipment, Impl- implements, implements, utensils? Yeah, good question. Uh, no, I have a dream, however, to like in our library, I want to 3D print a prosthetic arm with a attachable whisk on it. It'd be so sweet to be able to whisk uh, something and be pouring in liquid at the same time. I can do that now, but that would be so fancy. And then I could have like different attachments. One could be a spatula, one could be a knife. It would just be awesome. Maybe like a, a creme brulee torch that kind of stuff. So I think that would be a sweet dream. Um, Once a long time ago, my dad for Christmas got me a cutting board with some nails in it so I could like stick a vegetable on the cutting board and the nails and then slice it. Right. Uh, Then the nails got a bit rusty and that was like not super food safe. So um, you had to get a tetanus shot. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and actually it was a lovely gift, but I didn't end up using it. I find that, um, I just adapt using the body that I have um, as opposed to using a lot of um, assistive technology anyway. Um, so yeah, not too, too much, but I'm open to experimenting. That's for sure. Yeah. I saw a neat little gadget. It was like a, <clears throat> it was like a cutting board, except it had sort of a raised corner so mm-hmm. that it's for, for if you want to butter bread, you can, you put it up there and, and as you're buttering it, the, the bread's not going to slide around and you can butter with one hand. Totally. Yeah. And I've seen ones with like uh, a little elastic holders or like levers that hold the vegetables in. There's like there's so many amazing, cool kitchen gadgets out there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and unfortunately, none of that helps me because I can't cook at all. So <laughs> who, who am I talking to? Who is that's, that? That's Rob. 
Oh, okay. Rob, we, we used to refer to him as the, the chef because uh, he used to bring in every single day Chef Boyardee That's right. for lunch. It was a case lot sale. Beef ravioli. <laughs> well, maybe uh, maybe my uh, YouTube channel is a nice uh, challenge for you because <laughs> I mean, the recipes I do, they're not super complicated and pretty fun. So I don't know. I, I consider anything over two steps complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> I need you, what you need. I need like the crock pot channel see i like crock pots i can crock pot cook because basically you're just throwing a bunch of stuff into a big vat and letting it sit for six hours and then eating oh so true and crock pots are amazing for vegans too because you can just throw beans in make a chili and then you have meals for three days you know and so did you always have this passion for cooking or is it really just been since um the the conversion to vegan (laughs) yeah i I liked cooking before, but I didn't do a lot of it. And since my dietary changes, which really kind of, you know, essentially forced me into becoming uh, a better chef. And then I started realizing that the act of cooking is super fun and the ritual of it, like chopping the vegetables, looking at your recipe, listening to some music while you cook and smelling your spices and really feeling your ingredients was really therapeutic. And so now it's a part of my daily practice. Like I, I make a point of trying to cook at least once a day, um, or if not as, as many times as I can in the week, um, to prepare a meal because it's just incredible and oftentimes can take the same amount of time as it would to take to order out or to definitely it's faster than going out to a restaurant because you're in your own home. Um, but I just love it. And speaking of prep time, how long do you find that uh, it takes you to to prepare for an episode? (laughs) Zero minutes. (laughs) No, that's not all the way true. Most, some of the episodes I, I, uh, had literally zero prep time. It was just like, wow, I want to make a snack. Let's film this. Um, which I think kind of adds to the charm. I mean, you you don't really know what's going to happen and, um, which is kind of fun, uh, keeps it interesting for me while I'm editing anyway. Um, but other ones, you know, might take a little longer because I have to write out a grocery list and then go and get the ingredients and then come back and, and film it. But I don't, um, I don't script the episodes. I don't write them. I think a lot of YouTubers write out episodes, which is awesome. And I might try that one day for sure. Um, but I, I'm not super, I'm, I'm a little bit forgetful. So I think if, even if I did script it, I would forget what I wanted to say anyway. Um, so very little prep time. Now you have somebody helping you, right? Like somebody, you have a, you have actually have a camera, I, I'm in quotes, a camera person. Because you, yeah. you film all on your iPhone, correct? I sure do. Yeah, I use an iPhone 6S, which is an incredible filming tool. And there's a, a feature on it that you can film in even more high definition than regular. So it's it's great. And most of my episodes, um, yeah, most of my episodes to date have been filmed by my partner, Alison Brooks-Starks. Um, she uses her elbow as the tripod and <laughs> stands on a chair. And it's pretty great. <laughs> I noticed uh, watching a couple of the episodes that there's uh, editing cuts in it. What uh, what sort of things do you cut out? What's what's going on behind the curtain? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a uh, so I, I keep a lot of the mistakes in. I keep when I drop something or mess up. I keep those in because they're funny. But really, what I'm cutting out are the lulls or if I need to leave to go to another room to get something that I've forgotten 
or if I need to take a bathroom break, <laughs> um, or if I need to like charge my phone for a minute. Um, so just the uninteresting stuff. Yeah. But I keep most of the, the juicy bits in. And wh- <clears throat> what are you using as a, as editing software? I use Final Cut Pro X, which is an incredible software. It's a little bit pricey, so um, uh, I did save up a bit to get it. It costs about $400. Uh, However, when I started filming and started getting into this YouTube situation, um, I actually used the Makerspace, the library Makerspace, because they have a lot of computers that have Final Cut Pro X in their their suites. And so um, I would use... Uh, like a storage device and then do editing here and then take it home. It was really great. But then as I was doing more and more, um, I needed to have a computer at home. So I actually saved up. I got a new laptop with a bit more storage and I bought the Final Cut Pro program. So now I can do my editing on the road. (laughs) But yeah, Final Cut Pro is is awesome. It's very user-friendly and there's tutorials online that you can learn some basics and uh, it's great. And so, so it's, it's, you know, it didn't really cost you all that much to really get started. I mean, really, it sounds like if, you know, have iPhone and friend can have a show. Definitely. Yeah. And you don't even need to necessarily buy this software. There's lots of software that comes already. If you have a Mac computer, for example, or if you have access to a library that has software at it, you can use that for free. You can use iMovie. I've just, I've never taken the time to learn it. Um, many phones, you don't even need an iPhone. Many phones take really good high quality video that you can use to edit. So yeah, like having YouTube show, I think is just really about having a joy and passion for doing a thing that you love and then making a bit of time to make it happen. So yeah, it's not super expensive to get started. That's for sure. Uh, so, and what has what's the response been to the YouTube channel so far? It's been really great. Like, I I think um, <laughs> I think a lot of people get a real kick out of it, and um, it genuine genuinely makes them laugh out loud, which is kind of the point um, because it makes me laugh all the time. Like, I I really do this for myself. It's it's pretty awesome, <laughs> um, but it's been fun. It's been supportive. Um, and even as the, the viewership kind of grows and my subscri- subscriptions grow, um, it's continually positive, um, which is lovely. I'm really lucky. So can you, I mean, can you give us an idea of just like what, what steps were involved? Like what, what sort of took you from the idea of, hey, maybe I should shoot some video of me cooking and throw it on YouTube to really where you're at today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing that's really important, um, and I actually, I got this advice from Stephen Robinson, who is a local YouTube uh, sensation here in Edmonton. He, his channel is called 52skills.com. And so check him out. He's super rad. His first piece of advice was um, really just do it and do it by telling people that you're going to do it. So don't just make it up in your mind that you're going to create a video creator or create a YouTube channel. You have to tell people to keep you accountable because if you tell 10 friends, then they're going to be expecting that. And so that's a really great way to challenge yourself to do it. And so then once you do it, um, sticking to a schedule is really nice. It's nice for your viewers to know that, okay, you're going to put a video out roughly once a week on X day. Um, and then I do that. I do once do a video once a week. Um, I do a bit of a promo on Facebook for each video. 
so far I only advertise on Facebook. I haven't done it in other venues, but there's lots of other ways you can promote your videos that I'm sure I'll learn about. Um, and you know, you do some targeted promotion to loved ones and friends in your life that maybe aren't on Facebook, but you want to bring your videos joy to them. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's actually surprisingly not too time intensive. Um, a couple other steps that I've taken that I think are important are um, creating custom thumbnails. So as people are going through YouTube and they're looking at your videos, they're really attractive to click on. So not just a still photo, but like putting your logo on. Oh, that's another thing. Actually, I developed a logo in um, uh, what program? An editing software program, Adobe Editor, I think. Um, and uh, which I taught myself how to use. And it's not a great logo at all. Really, really not. But I just rolled with it. Um, so that took about half an hour to learn and to do. Um, have a logo and yeah, make your thumbnails really pretty. And I did that by downloading a free program. Uh, it's called Snagit Editor. Um, it's, it's like a 30 day free trial. So I'm gonna do as many as I can for free <laughs> and then uh, see if I can do it elsewhere. And what what uh, kind of response have you got from your your friends and family? Uh, just that they they really really like it. Like it, just a, you know, it's funny. It's joyful to watch. Um, I it's funny. Like as soon as I started putting out the videos, um, everybody has ideas, which is so welcome. Um, and and I and I actually need and want more. But like they're like, oh, have you tried? What about pizza? Or what about uh? you vegan hot dog or what about blah 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 and so i'm getting great suggestions um also good ideas for collaboration so i have a lot of friends who have small children and they're like you should do a whole kids series like here have my child so they're like throwing their kids at me to do sweet collaborations with their children which i think are going to be hilarious um so yeah and they they're great like they're sharing the videos they're liking them on youtube um they're just yeah being really supportive and awesome so what's your what's your dream for this when you when you sit down at night and you're thinking about stump kitchen where mm -hmm. it could go do you see yourself up there you know cursing back at gordon ramsay <laughs> Wow, that is a great idea. That now, is. That's, now that is a dream. <laughs> yes. Get him on your show. <laughs> like, um, yeah, one of the episodes, I, I think it's the sushi episode, We, Molly and I are sharpening our knives, and uh, we were like, we don't know how to sharpen a knife. So we watched, we YouTubed Gordon Ramsay, How to Sharpen Your Knife. And uh, so, yeah, he was a bit of an inspiration for one of them, I guess. But... Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I don't really have any specific goals or senses uh, of, you know, what I see for this in the future. However, I do want it to become something that is a regular, expected and loved thing uh, in my community as well as the YouTube community. Um, so I hope that it continues for a long, long time. I hope to, you know, get more subscribers and to get more views. Um, but other than that, I just want it to continue to be fun and to bring joy and laughter to folks. And uh, and then, of course, like there's some specific people I would in a dream world, I would love to collaborate with, like um, Hannah Hart from My Drunk Kitchen. That would be right. an, a hilarious collaboration. Like, oh, my goodness. Um, so I guess, yeah, I guess that would be a sweet dream. Mm hmm. It would, we could call it 
my drunk stump kitchen. <laughs> what would oh that God. be like? That would be brilliant. <laughs> that would be a little scary and a little awesome. <laughs> that would be funny. You, you mentioned your community. Tell, tell us about your community. Edmonton. I love it. It's the best. Um, I, I live, yeah, I live in this sweet town and my life has taken me in so many different places that I have ties and relationships to many different communities within this great town. So for example, the arts community, my sister is a professional dancer with the Good Women Dance Collective and I I get to see that world. Um, and then I sing in choir and I've got lots of musical ties to the city. Um, I work on artistic boards. I'm uh, part of the Cripsy Dance Collective, which is an integrated dance group. So um, lots of ties with um, uh, the disability community. Um, and then the library community, like there's just so many great spheres that I get to play with and be a part of. Um, and they're pretty awesome people. <laughs> we had a, uh, an office in Edmonton for many years. Uh, we've, we've just, uh, we, we la uh, lost our last employee in Edmonton and moved to, to hired somebody down in Airdrie, just outside of Calgary. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've, I've spent a lot of, a lot of good times in, uh, in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a fun town. Oh yeah, it's it's a great great place. I it's like things are happening here, and there's pretty awesome. Oh, you know what? I just remembered the dream I had. <laughs> Let's back up to that. Um, okay, tell us your dream. Yeah. So my my secret dream, which is now going to be public on your podcast, <laughs> is I would love eventually to open a restaurant called Stump Kitchen that served vegan and gluten free cooking. Um, and that I, you know, upped my chef skills so I could actually be a real, a real life chef in a real life restaurant. Um, and all of the chairs in the restaurant would be tree stumps. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's my dream. I think it would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. That would. Well, you know, in Vancouver here, we have a, we have a restaurant called the Dark Room that mm. simulates, um, I guess it, it simulates the experience of, of dining Blind. As a blind person, yeah, uh, oh, they wow. they completely shut out every bit of light. They have these thick curtains over the doors and and all the windows, and and uh, yeah, you're let in like like you're blind. And um, they sit you down. The only time that you actually get to see light is when they take you to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. Because nobody wants to see a bunch of amateurs using a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> save, save that for the professionals. That's right. Most of the, I think most, if not all, of the wait staff are blind. They are. Yeah. They are. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> so my advice, though, if you ever do that, don't order the pasta. Or the steak. <laughs> steak. Steak is very complicated. Well, luckily, I'm vegan and gluten-free, so neither of those would be on my menu choices. <laughs> but it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, so it is. It's a really interesting experience um, as somebody who's sighted to, to just all of a sudden, you know, the shoes on the other foot for us. You know, we, we all went as a, as a work um, event, and Ryan, you know, being blind, he was basically the only one that was you know comfortable yep yeah he was there's no problem it's just another day for him and all of us we're we're wearing half our food and <laughs> how interesting when the tables are turned <clears throat> exactly. yeah that actually reminds me of a story that i shall tell now um <clears throat> for one of my birthdays a couple years ago or no yeah a couple years ago um and i i invited 
all of my like really close, lovely friends. Uh, we had a, a big group of us um, and it was a stump themed birthday party. So it was really all about celebrating stumps and not just arm stumps, stumps of all kinds, like tree stumps. And my sister Drake dressed up as like the the log woman from, oh, what's that show? Twin Peaks. Yeah, from Twin Peaks. And <clears throat> so we had food that was stump shaped, like big like cucumbers. And it was just <laughs> great. Um, and halfway through and, you know, just a little like uh, warning, I wouldn't do this in general life because there's like the chance that it can go you know quite badly but with trusted friends in, a, in an enclosed space in my own home uh it made sense to do but we made it an optional stump challenge for folks so uh a couple of us um you know I, we pulled my friends together and we i duct taped one of their hands and then we had races to see who could um tie their shoe the fastest and uh pull up put their hair in a ponytail um eat their food um and it was it was pretty funny i don't think i won all the challenges which was a little bit scary and funny <laughs> to find out um but i will say there was a moment in the party where you know the folks that had done the challenges they had the the duct tape on their hands um, we were finished and I, I looked up and I looked around the room and they were all kind of holding their plates or holding their wine glasses uh, in similar ways that I would like closer to their body or kind of balancing stuff. And it was, I don't know, there's something really heartwarming about them kind of taking the risk to try this out and, uh, you know, not necessarily know what it's like or to share my experience, but it just, it just warmed my heart to see. Um, then again, I don't think that's something I'd ever do on my show because, uh, it can get kind of get a bit tricky um, around like what it's like to be living in someone else's shoes and, and trying stuff out is kind of a tokenistic way. But in that setting, it was, it was really lovely to do. We've had a, a similar sort of um, uh, issue in the uh, blindness community mm. or in the low vision and blindness community around the issue of using uh, sight simulators. Um, there, there's been um, a uh, fair bit of politics around uh, whether or not it's appropriate to use uh, site simulators. So um, the what I'm talking about are things like um, they, they'll have welding goggles and they'll have a big splash of paint in the middle of it to, to simulate something like macular degeneration and somebody can, can wear it and go, oh, you know, that's, that's what it's like to have macular degeneration. Mm, yeah. Um, but some people really got uh, quite up in arms about it. Um, because it was doing it in a, in a tokenistic kind of way, as you put it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. That's really interesting. Cause I think, um, those, those situations, like if they're just kind of a one-off and there's no sustained conversation, then definitely can be tokenistic and do more harm than good and, and lead people to think like, Oh, it would suck to be blind. And it's like, actually, no, it can be pretty rad. And like, this is how people live their life in diverse ways. And I think, if those experiences are then followed up with some dialogue or some some conversations about how we live in an actually pretty ableist society um, and looking at things in a different perspective to make our own practices more inclusive and to think about like, oh yeah, like how would someone with one hand do that? I've never thought about that before. Um, and really expanding our vocabulary for what's possible in the world versus being kind of tokenistic about it. So. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one for sure. But I think the conversation afterwards is the important part. And if you don't have that, then yeah, can be can be tricky. 
Well, and I think for sure, I mean, that's one of the, the important things I think about, you know, you say your YouTube channel in particular is that, you know, you really use your humor um, as a tool. And, you know, I, I think we can all tell that, you know, that's sort of just your personality in general. Sure is. <laughs> but but it's you know, it's no accident that, you know, using humor can be a really powerful agent. Yeah, I'm, I think that's true um, in in. In some cases, um, I will say, as you said, it's just who I am. And like the fact that I'm pretty positive and humorous um, is it's just my nature. It doesn't have a lot to do with my arm. Um, but it's like it's fun to kind of combine the two. Um, but also recognizing that a lot of folks don't really have uh, like don't take a, a humoristic like uh way of, of looking at, at their own disability or experience. Um, and that's just as valid. Like we all have different relationships with our bodies and who we are. Um, and it's, it's good to really not assign value, um, to what might be better or worse. Um, the fact that I'm pretty positive and pretty humorous is it's a part of who I am as a person, um, holistically. And I, I really, I like it a lot. It's really fun to make people laugh. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, a sense of humor is good for anybody, no matter where they are in life or, or totally. whether they're able-bodied or not. I mean, let's face totally. it, people who have no sense of humor, that's uh, a <laughs> way bigger disability than anything that can possibly happen to you. Yeah, it's, it's nice to have a balanced approach, a balanced outlook, I'd say. But, you know, I also, I really like a good cry. And I, um, one of the things about this app, this, this uh, YouTube series is, when I started it, I was in a very, very low place. I had been diagnosed with depression. Um, I was coming through some pretty hard challenges and I still struggle with, with depression on and off. Um, and so the first couple episodes were, were really kind of transformational for me because watching myself and editing myself in this funny, full of joy way was really an interesting mirror to reflect back to say, hey, you can be joyful remember this um so for me it was actually a, a lovely mental health tool to kind of get me through some harder times so um i'd highly recommend like if you're feeling kind of down make a video of yourself doing a weird thing and it might make you laugh for me it really worked for somebody like myself who lives off steak and bacon and cheese mm. what would be your favorite recipe Oh, great question. Well, I mean, I mean, I have a ton of recipes that are going to come out soon, but of the ones that are up right now, I would say first and foremost, um, episode two, chicken wings. Um, so you make the chicken wings out of a head of cauliflower. The sauce has like Frank's red hot sauce, gluten-free flour. You bake them and you make a sweet dipping sauce and it's pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say start there for sure. Yeah, it'll be a miracle if we can get, if you can, if you can wean Ryan off of steak and cheese <laughs> and bacon. Not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try the chicken wing recipe, but I don't know. But he'll put cheese he'll, on it. <laughs> yeah. And he'll cover it in bacon. That's right. <laughs> bacon wrapped cauliflower. Mm. Yeah. And you can get vegan cheese. It's uh, it's no. pretty good. <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's cool. That's, that's like vegan bacon. No, <laughs> <laughs> to each their own. It's all that's good. right. Yeah, yeah. I was I was actually thinking, you know, if I if I ever did get the opportunity to get out to Edmonton and uh, and cook with you, what what would I cook? And the first thing that sprung to mind was my my 
awesome potato salad recipe. And then I thought, mm. no, there's a ton of bacon in that. <laughs> that's, what, that's pretty much what makes it awesome. <laughs> well, so, actually, so I mean, <laughs> I've got a really sweet vegan uh, recipe for bacon uh, that you make with coconut, um, coconut flakes and liquid smoke and maple syrup. And you, you toss them all together and then you bake them and they crisp up. Um, so there are, there are definitely things that we could do uh, if we ever cook that together. Interesting. Well, I think uh, the the other the other ingredient, of course, would be mayonnaise. What do you do in place of mayonnaise? I just use vegan mayo. There's tons of options in the stores right now, and you can get them at most of most uh, grocery stores. A lot of health food grocery stores will carry it too, um, and they have tons of varieties. So I just buy a jar of vegan mayo. It's just made with um, like uh, vegetable oil versus like uh, animal fats. I yeah, have no it's idea. super tasty. Well, like I said before, Steve really enjoys to cook, so maybe Steve will have to bring in lunch. Yeah. A vegan gluten-free lunch. No, I smell a, I smell a crossover episode here. <laughs> I think that'd be sweet. <laughs> well, we actually do have a YouTube uh, uh, bit that we do as well called uh, AT with Beer. That's right. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so we could do Stump Kitchen with Beer. We could. Yeah. Yes, we could. There's gluten-free beer that uh, we could get. Gluten-free beer. We can do that. <laughs> that's so great yeah i think mean, i think like these conversations are so important because like dietary needs and like different dietary restrictions that people have are super important like that's actually another accessibility thing that is really important to talk about because you know if you're having friends over or you're planning a meeting or whatever and you're offering food um I've been in many situations where I've been in, in these situations and I, I, there's nothing I can eat. And then the host feels bad and then you feel weird and it's all like stressful. But if we just kind of proactively think, yeah, I'm going to have some vegan options and gluten-free options, uh, maybe think about nut allergies. Um, and then of course you can check out my channel for good, you know, recipe options in those areas. Then we're kind of, um, making our food a little bit more accessible, uh, from the get go. Uh, which I'm learning is is really important. I'm going to have to ponder that because uh, we actually, uh, in the uh, townhouse complex I live in, we do a uh, potluck every uh, long weekend. And uh, mm -hmm. our potluck's coming up in two days. And I'm just <laughs> thinking about my my neighbor, Shelly, who uh, um, is gluten intolerant. Mm. Uh, well, ponder, I mean, ponder. Stump Kitchen Stump might be kitchen. your place yeah. to go. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Well, we also have, you know, we've got Muslims in the neighborhood, so that, that rules out yeah. pork, pork products. Um, yep. You know, we've got mm -hmm. uh, Shelly. Um, our friend Vicky often joins us. She's a vegetarian. Mm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's great to talk about. Yeah. See, it could be the sweetheart of the neighborhood and actually cook to them. I, I thought I was being very accommodating by making some of my potato salad without bacon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, we all got to take steps. That's right. <laughs> baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting there. What, what are your plans for any future episodes? What do you got coming up? Yeah. So um, I've currently, and I'm in the process of editing a ramen episode, which is ramen really now really you're talking my language now you've got rob's attention <laughs> yeah yeah because so when he switched off of chef boyardee he switched straight to ramen <laughs> oh my god so good <laughs> instant noodles yeah yeah um so we have a ramen episode coming up probably next week um tonight i'm filming an episode with uh steven robinson from 52 skills on making <laughs> tomato aspic i don't know if you know what that is no uh yes it's a, 
You do? Uh, I do. Steve would. My mom used to make tomato aspect all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think certain groups or certain families have um, interesting memories associated with it. You either love it or you hate it. And it's like this tomato jelly that you eat at holiday dinners and stuff. And I'm one of those people that absolutely loves it. And so I was researching gluten-free vegan recipes because you can't use gelatin. So tonight I'm going to try it with Stephen. Uh, I'm going to try to make a vegan version. Um, and then I've got um, kind of a sleepy morning routine uh, episode coming up that kind of sees me in all of my morning glory. <laughs> yeah. And then I think pizza will be the one after that. So. Yay. Yeah. Gotta pizza. love that pizza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on the topic of pizza, what would be your gluten-free beer pick? Oh, good question. Um, yeah, you, need, you need you need beer with with a pizza, absolutely for sure. So. Yeah, I'm totally going to add that. That's a, a good a good point. Um, Greens is a really really good gluten free beer. It uh, it's I don't think it's from North America. It might be imported. I could be wrong, but it's uh, it has a flavor that's similar to Belgian beer. So it's just delightful. It tastes probably the most real out of all the gluten free beers that I've had. Have you seen that one, Steve? I don't think I have. No, the the only gluten free beer I've seen is uh, the stuff that my neighbor Shelley drinks, um, and uh, I had one bottle of it sitting in my fridge for about two months before she came back over again, and I got to give it back to her. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't tried it? I've never tried it. Oh, okay. No, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, they're pretty good. I, I had lots of gluten full options. <laughs> the other thing that we notice uh when watching your youtube channel is uh on occasion there might be the odd four-letter word <laughs> yep Some, sometimes strung together yeah <laughs> yes, in very creative ways colorful yeah yeah um, um was was that a was that a creative choice or was was that just <laughs> uh yeah good question i uh I honestly hadn't thought about it until I started filming. In um, the first episode, it just naturally flowed. And so I just kind of rolled with it. Like I didn't, I found that as I was creating on the spot, the swears were coming and I didn't want to censor myself because um, I ha- would have to think too hard. So I think maybe their cre- their like swearing is actually related to my creativity. I don't know why, um, but I, I love it. I think language is... Um, uh, interesting and dynamic and important. Um, some episodes I swear, some episodes I don't, some episodes I believe out the swears. So I take a lot of di- like diverse approaches to swearing because it's not everybody's cup of tea, right. but ultimately I love it. Um, so, um, they're, they're in there, they're in the episode. <laughs> There's something about working with your hands. I think that just automatically just the brain, <laughs> the brain goes there. I know I was trying to install our, our video capture card on our multimedia machine yesterday and, yeah, I had some creative creative usages of four-letter <laughs> words that were coming yeah. out of this room. Okay, so what's your favorite expletive? What's your <laughs> what's your what's your go-to swear? What do you Go ahead. What do you What really? I, I can say it on on the show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cuz we're just going to beep it out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I love ah f- <laughs> It's a classic. It is. Yeah, it is. Pretty much my favorite one. I I um uh read a uh uh, a book by a guy, uh, now I'm blanking on his name here, uh, it was called Fool. Oh, uh, Christopher Moore. It's a very, very funny book. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it's about a, a fool in in, uh, in a 
King's Court. And uh, he had one that, that has just stuck with me ever since. It's stockings. <laughs> I, I just love that. See, ever since last week, and you showed me all those Donald Trump, uh, <laughs> oh, Scottish, the, the yeah, the Scottish, all the, the Scottish slang. insult. And yeah. I think my new favorite is trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of those were pretty funny. Oh yep. my god, they were all amazing. There, there's now a video on uh, on uh, I think it's on YouTube of uh, David Tennant. Uh, the yeah. guy who played Doctor Who, um, reading those. Oh, Rit? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay, we, I got to find that. We should find that. I, I haven't actually watched it yet. I just saw it come past on Facebook. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> so, again, that's, uh, that's Stump Kitchen on YouTube. We'll, of course, link to it in the show notes. I uh, suggest everybody check it out. Subscribe to the channel. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> And Alexis, do you have a Facebook or Twitter account people can follow you on? I sure don't. <laughs> That'll be step two in my uh, YouTube adventures. <laughs> Maybe eventually, but not right now. But you can definitely check out the channel and uh, you can email me at stumpkitchen at gmail.com. So, yeah. Perfect. See, she got the she got her email address in one shot. One shot, unlike us, because I work with some <laughs> trumpets. Oh, <okay. laughs> that's getting bleeped. <laughs> well, if that's all, then I want to thank Alexis for joining us today, making yeah, the time. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much. Totally, it was awesome. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, and uh, keep up with the good cooking. Sweet. And we'll, okay. we'll stay in touch. We will. See ya. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. So, uh, generally in here, we'd, we'd maybe plug an upcoming show, but you know what? We don't know what the heck we're going to do in our well, I'm gone show. next week, so you it's are. up to you two. Are you guys going to do your superheroes? Or? I don't know. We have to talk about Yeah, I, I actually should reach out to uh, some of my friends in the uh, comic book community. So, yeah, in general, we don't know what we're doing next week, so it'll be a surprise. It'll be a surprise show. Surprise to us. <laughs> That's right. It'll even be a surprise to us. Be like, what? What are we doing here? Why are these microphones? I don't know. Where's Ryan? Now, where's Ryan? <laughs> it's in the quiet guy. We need his enthusiasm. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, thanks for everybody for listening in. We have a website. Tell us about it. Well, our website is www.atbanter.com. And what's the email address, Ryan? Email address is atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. Email us, please. Yes, we'd love to hear from you. So, signing off, I'm Steve Barclay. I'm Rob Minow. And I'm Ryan Flurry. Thanks, everybody, for listening in, and we will see you next week. Ciao. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Aroga Technologies. Visit Aroga Technologies online at www.aroga.com. That's A-R-O-G-A.com. Music provided by bensound.com.